Welcome back to Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. We've been in a little bit of a hiatus there, T-Dog. Yes, but we're back, baby. We are back with a lot of action that's happened over the last couple of weeks. And I know you know what we're going to be talking about, right, T-Dog? Oh, Cubs, Bears, you name it. It's exciting. Football season is here, baby. Preseason, let's get it going. Come on now. Grab a beer and hit the couch, sports fans. Sports, 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 sports. It's time for another episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Bring an in-your-face sports talk from Chicago, Dallas, Las Vegas, and beyond. And go Bears! And listen in to find out who'll get run over by this week's Smack Wagon. All that and more coming at you on this week's episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Here are your hosts, Ron L.V. Wrights and Timothy T. Dog Wiltberger. Now, I know we've been away for a couple of weeks, but we have a lot to talk about. I mean, we've got MLB, we've got, well, hell, we got NFL, we got NHL. That got to talk what? about that a little bit. What? Hockey, come on, Hockey's Hockey, baby. Over, baby. Yeah, but it'll NFL be back. Is here. It'll be back it's before it. you know it. But NFL is the big key, right? This is this is what we're driving our podcast on is NFL. This N- is the big key, baby. Right <laughs> oh, good. ice cold. This is an ice cold El Shingon. El Shingon. Okay, ice cold, seven point three percent alcohol beer, iced cold, ready for us back on Monday morning couch potatoes. There we go. Cold, frosty. Mine's going to be automatic. Crack that lid. That's good stuff. Ooh, that is good. Is it good? Rock and roll. Rock and roll. All right, good. So, Welcome back, baby. How you doing? I'm great, man. I'm happy to be back. I'm looking forward to the season. We, we want to th- put a throw out, a shout out to our uh, couch potato fans, our potato heads, that we, me and the T-Dog are going to be developing, and I have to fix this since I... Have it open. Let me quit that. There's a there. developing situation. Is this what you're talking? What do we got going on? There here? is Making a devel- me nervous. There is a developing situation, and that situation is going to be a little fantasy football. Oh yeah, I think we have to get it going, man. Do a little ESPN draft. We're going to find ten fans or eight fans to battle against the T Dog and the LV. Nice. I'm curious. I already to got see. one team, so I'm ready to go. Oh, you already got one team, huh? Yeah, Kevin. Kevin wanted to. Wanted me to jump in. Oh, so nice. We've already got one going, so, so now we just got to do another one. Yeah, just got to do another one. So uh, we're going to be reaching out to our fans, uh, the ones we know. We'll be posting it on Facebook and Twitter. And if you are interested, hit us up at info at mondaymorningcouchpotatoes.com. <laughs> and we will get you on the fantasy team because it's going to be a big year. We got fans oh, yeah. back into the stadiums. We've got, uh, you know, we got all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah, fans back in the stadiums, and you know, rookie. Uh, we just obviously we had the draft, so we got a lot of really exciting young players out there that everybody's looking forward to see. Obviously, the quarterback group takes the takes the taco, right? When you talk about the number one draft pick overall, the number two draft pick overall, the number three draft pick overall. Yeah, uh, and of course, you know, the Bears grabbing uh, Justin Fields at number eleven. And then the Patriots, Mac Jones at number 16. All of them saw action. All of them saw, saw action this weekend. So, yeah. you know, um, I think it's going to be fun. We break down how those five guys did. And, 
maybe a little maybe a little ranking, right? See who uh, who came out on top based on this weekend. You might be surprised. Yeah, you got a chance to watch the Bears game, right? I did. I did. I I got a chance to watch the Bears game, and we'll just get right into the NFL. The the Bears, I can tell you right now, Andy Dalton with the top line uh, didn't look so good. Um, now, granted, you know, it is the first preseason game, right? And he's playing against the better players, but there were still quite a few players on on Miami that were out. Uh, but second string, you know, comes third quarter. Uh, Fields, who came in the end or middle of second, he looked started off a little shaky, man. I mean, yeah, almost did. had that fumble. Got to remember to tuck that under the arm. But uh, once he got into that third, once they talked about game plan in the half and then came out and implemented it, I mean, it was pretty impressive to see. Now, granted, it was against the the second string players, most of them. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and Miami's a good defense. No question. Yeah. There was, I mean, both sides, you know, some players sat, but ultimately, you know, the bears against first look defense, um, you know, Miami's a good defense. No question about it. They're going to be a good defense this year. So seeing the bears kind of play, uh, you know, that first few series, it was like, Oh boy, here we go. The three and out three and out. Is this how it's going to be? Um, but you know, you mentioned Justin Fields came in after I think the second series. I believe uh, Dalton had two the first two series. Yeah, I think they. Got- and he looked like a rookie, right? You're right. He yeah. he looked a little shaky, and he had that fumble. And um, but the one thing I really liked about it that I saw was he, you know, he didn't get rattled even with even with that and having you know the first you know sometimes these, these young players they get out there they have that that early fumble that early interception that early mistake. And all of a sudden they're, you know, oh my gosh, what am I getting into here? I'm, I, I, you know, I'm not going to do well. And then it starts getting in their head and then they start playing poorly. That didn't happen with fields. Like you said, towards the end of the first half, started putting some plays together, mm-hmm. um, drove them in for a, a field goal there late. Our, 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 uh, rocking field goal kicker there, Caro Santos with the, I believe 53 yarder. It was yeah, a long one. It was 50 something. Yeah, it was 50 yeah. for sure. Right. And then, you know, Nagy probably at halftime said, all right, look, you know what? You, you started coming back there. I've seen some things I like. Let's go out and let's make it happen. And, you know, we're going to, before we put Foles in there, which, you know, I don't even know what the hell he's out there auditioning for another team. Uh, he think. must be. And, uh, and Fields came out. Now, you're right. Granted, some starters were out of there, some younger guys in there trying to make plays. But it's still about, you know, regardless whether it's, you know, young players or new players or whatever, this is still the NFL. And these are guys that are, playing at the top of their game because they're fighting for positions, right? And they're fighting to make that 53-man roster, assuming it still is 53. And so Fields, to come out the way he did, make those adjustments, and what I really think, and I think you mentioned this before, and I want to get your take on this, is how comfortable he looked in that pocket. He didn't have happy feet. There were a few times where it looked like there wasn't pressure and he kind of, you know, skirted out of there maybe a little bit early. Yeah. But you see him on the run, and that's exciting. And that the, the one thing I thought was really amazing is when he had that, I think it was a 21, 22-yard run or something like that on a scramble. Yeah. It was the fastest a bear has been recorded in, I think, over two years. Really? How exciting is that? Now, granted, we have not had Tariq Cohen was, on the field in like two years. <laughs> sure, So sure. There's, your, there's your answer why. But, I mean, what was do you that I mean, for the I, score? Was that on no, no. the scramble? Because no, that, that was a pretty long run, too, for that. No, that was the one where he broke out, and I want to say it was a 22, 23-yard run for a first down, 
And, um, you know, he broke to the outside and tucked and ran. And as soon as he hit the line of scrimmage, he kind of burst. And you, it looked like he was going to maybe get eight or nine yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he split the defenders. Split the defenders and got pushed out uh, left yeah. side. Yeah. Yep. His left side. Yeah, that was a, that was a pretty amazing. That's the, I think that right there is the difference uh, from a Mitch, right? So so the the he's a double threat. So as he's taking it to the outside because he's used to it, I mean, think about this. This is a kid that's never lost in a regular season in, in, in college football, right? Mm-hmm. He, his only losses have been in playoffs. Right. Uh, but not big not big 10 playoffs or, or championship games, but the actual college in the football. the actual college football playoff, yeah. yeah. Which is two losses. So he does have a lot of that experience coming in. And then you take that one more step which is which is so much more better having him than than Mitch would be the fact when he's running he knew like if you saw he scampered to the right he stopped up and he threw the ball like he was able to make yeah. that pass on the run you know he can make that decision and he and they have to protect it because they know that he can either he's going to run for a lot of yards or he's going to throw for a lot of yards right and we saw that yeah. with the um with the the second touchdown, which was the pass to Jesse James. Yeah. A nice, you know, roll out to the to the right and get all the defense. They have to respect his game and possibly his arm or his legs. And then just throw sweet and simple right the, to the, the left. The key to that pass, yeah, the key to that pass play was the play action. I yes. mean, he had the front seven completely bite on that. And then it was a matter of, oh, shit, he's throwing the ball. And they're looking around going, uh-oh, who's, where's my guy? And James sneaks along the line, and 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 you know he's wide open. Yeah, and that was a, that was just a gimme, right? And that's the kind of stuff, you know. That's what the hopefully the Bears' run game during the season will help him in that way, right? We're hoping that Montgomery and then um, you know Williams, who we got from Kansas City, I think he sat out last year. Actually, I believe it yeah. wasn't COVID related. I think his grandmother was battling cancer, and that's why he sat out. But nonetheless, um, and he could have been an MVP you, for. Kansas City in the Super Bowl. He's like, he's a decent player. He was damn close to it. But, um, you know, and the thing is, Ron, and and it's so, because we're just, you know, as a Bears fan, you're just aching for a franchise quarterback. Yeah. It is natural to overreact, right? I mean, it's literally, it's one one game. It's one preseason game. As you and I just mentioned, it was against some of the second stringers there in the second half. So to yeah. me, it's not necessarily about, okay, you're not going to look at that stat. Now, if you looked at the stat line and you said, wow, 14 to 20, 142 yards and a touchdown, plus he ran for a touchdown, it's a great game. But I don't think you, at least me, I'm not looking at, I, I didn't go in there and say, I want to look and see what the stats, you know, I just, did he pass yeah. the eye test? You know, I Correct. saw this in a few of the, few of the broadcasts and things that I was watching over the last 24 hours. He passed the eye test, right? He actually looked, like I mentioned earlier, comfortable in the pocket. Yeah. That's what gets you exciting, right? Yep. It was something about Trubisky. Now, I, was, I wasn't I was a Trubisky hater. But if you, if you notice when he walked off the field after a three and out or after a mistake and they zoomed in on his face, dude, it looked like he was ready to cry. Or he was just like he had that or, sadness about or him, that, like or that deer in the headlight look, like huh? Yeah, like oh, what the hell just happened? That's what it is. Yeah, and that's that's I. So I I was watching Fields every time they they came off field again in one game. We're not we're not overreacting. I mean, one preseason game, he could come out next week and suck you know suck it up and throw two interceptions. And, and we're not yeah, and we're not talking stats here. We're just talking mm-hmm. what we see, how he looked. Yeah, how he looked. Yeah, I test. Yeah. Absolutely. 
And that's the thing that I think that as a Bears fan, you can come away with this, especially against a good Miami defense. You can come away with this excited on how he handled himself, right? What we the the best thing that can happen because we already know Andy Dalton is QB one, right? They've already said that, yeah. and you know Matt Nagy's not going to walk back on that, right? They gave him ten million dollars. But what the best thing for a Bears fan, and the worst thing for the Bears franchise is for Fields to press Dalton game one, right? Yeah, because you're going to have the quarterback controversy shit. I mean, is it, all of a sudden it's going to be when's he, when's Fields coming in, when's Fields coming in. The first interception Dalton throws, I mean, this guy's going to be under a tremendous amount of pressure, right? So, but for a Bears fan, it's like yes, right? Get, oh, you know, yeah. At some point they're going to break, and Fields is having going to have to be in there, and finally a franchise quarterback, potential franchise quarterback, will be starting for the Chicago Bears. So that's the that's the interesting thing about what that first preseason game uh, showed me as far as Fields-Dalton relationship goes. So yeah. Nagy's, it, it's going to be interesting. And you know what? Dalton was really excited about him getting his call up, Fields call up to start, you know, in the second. Yeah. He's, you know, he's for, he understands. Uh, at the end of the day, I mean, they're both competing for, you know, to be the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. I Honestly, I don't, Dalton has understands. He's been in the league long enough to realize yeah. that he's not the franchise for the for the Chicago Bears, but he is yeah. going to men, he has to mentor and give some advice to Fields to make sure that this team heads in the right direction. Actually, it really hangs on Nagy and Pace to make sure that that really happens, that relationship <laughs> happens because it's really all of their jobs if this becomes a giant cluster. Now, getting off of fields a little bit and onto some of the other players that I saw out there, um, that Khalil, is it Khalil Harris, the running back? Herbert. Herbert. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. He looked good. Solid solid little player, man. I mean, bounced off for that that big, was it Herbert or was it the other guy? um, uh, Was it Pierce? I think it was Herbert. Pierce. Pierce had the long run. The 50-yarder, right? right? Yeah, he kind of bounced out of there and had the long, yeah. Kept his feet going. But, but I, I was yeah. I was pretty impressed. They, they're they talking about maybe getting Herbert back into some punt return uh, situations and uh, maybe even some kickoffs, depending on where um, uh, Tariq Cohen, you know, when he comes back um, at some point in the season. Um, yeah. and, well, well, what Herbert gives you, Ron, which is great, and what the Bears need is he can catch out of the backfield, right? I mean, that's and he did show that a bit. Um, you know, Fields used him as sort of his out, right? You got Damian Williams, who's kind of like your game breaker, mm-hmm. in my opinion. You got Herbert, that's going to be in your third down back. He's going to be making plays for you in the passing game, and like you mentioned, special teams. And you got Montgomery, who's going to be your ground and pound guy, right? So I think complementary. I mean, they've got a the running back room. I think is good enough, right, based on what they have in order to make it easier on Dalton and, and Fields or whoever else is going to be under center. So Absolutely. I agree with you. I think he had a great game. I think um, Alec Ogletree, if you, you shift gears to the defense, you oh, yeah. his name a lot. He had a yeah. great game because, obviously, you mentioned guys that weren't playing. Smith didn't play. Um, Danny Trevathan didn't play. Yeah, Gibson so Gibson, too. Yeah, he Gibson played. had a great game. Mm-hmm. Ogletree, I mean, this guy, he he had a couple of breakdowns. He had that one breakdown in coverage um, where, if you want my opinion, there was a little bit of offensive pass interference on this when Gusecki, you know, caught that long, deep pass. Yeah. Um, but that's going to happen, right? I mean, you gotta, you got to have – the one thing the Bears didn't do early on on, the, on on offense was create separation, right, give Dalton some 
clean receiver spots to throw sure. to. Sure. Um, and that's the one thing the Bears struggled with defensively a little bit. But the one I'm hoping that we don't have this the last couple of years, Ron, what have we had for defense? Ben don't break. Yeah. That's what the you know, the Bears went from a phenomenal defense in twenty eighteen. Over the last two years, it's like, oh, here we go. They give up, you know, a sixty five, seventy yard drive and then the drive stalls and they hold them to a field goal. You know, that we can't we need a dominant defense and that front seven is gonna be the key to that. Yeah, I mean Hicks you look, know what I mean? Hicks look great out there. Uh just yeah. for the first couple plays of the game, you know, the start of the right. game. Hicks looked good. Uh Khalil Mack looked good. I mean, there there were players who were out there that actually they look good defensively. I didn't get a chance to see uh too much of uh what is it, Tunga. Um I know he, he had would, a few plays. He had a few yeah. plays, he was in there. Um, but it looked like he, I mean, he was definitely, uh, break, you know, getting into, uh, the backfield, but just not in the right position. Uh, you know, could be yeah. obviously rookie and he's still coming into his own kind of thing. Um, I, I did not see was, I didn't, I don't know if he played or not, or I did not, uh, keep an eye on was the, um, the first round, the second round pick, uh, what was that kid out of, uh, was it Oregon or, Oh, the right tackle? Right. He's injured. He is yeah. injured. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot his name, but yeah, he's injured. The right tackle's injured, and so they're bringing him along slowly. Okay. Um, but over... But def- no, yeah. Ahead. No, I was just going to say, you're right. I mean, overall, defensively, that that's the... This is besides Justin Fields. Obviously, he's gonna he's got the excitement factor. That's something that the Bear fans are like, man, can't wait to see this kid in action. But one other group the Bears fans should be excited about is that front seven. You mentioned Hicks. Obviously, we got Khalil Mack. He's he's getting up there a little bit. Um, you got Quinn on the outside, who better have a good year, or you know they better run him out of town. Yeah. But the one this front seven for the Bears, they have the potential to be one of the best in football. I really think so. When you look at how well Ogletree's pl- played, and then they had, um, uh, what was the guy's name? Mike Pinnell had a great oh, game. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, what was that? What's the one dude's name? Uh, um, Archie Bong or Archibong or uh, I think that's his name. Archie Bong or Ar- Archie Bong. I think that's his last name. It's not, his name's not Archie Bong. It's Archie Bong is his last name. Yeah. He had a great game, right? I mean, you mentioned well, Gibson, Travis Gibson. Yeah. Had an awesome game. He had a good game. I mean, now, right. These guys, if you can keep that front seven rotating and fresh, then you don't have to have, you know, that's going to open up the opportunities for Mac to get back to his Pro Bowl level and Quinn to hopefully break out and earn his contract. Correct. You know what I mean, I mean we, st- we still have Eddie Goldman that, is, uh, that didn't play, obviously. He's still, yes. You know, he's still there. I didn't even mention him. No. That's, that's great. So there, there are some, there are some def- definite uh, you know, def- depth chart uh, characters that should play a big role. And I, you mentioned, uh, per- is it Purnell? Or Pinnell, yeah, Pinnell. Mike Pinnell. I mean, he looked he looked very good. Now, granted, we're yeah. we're looking at secondary players, right? Um, the uh, secondary or, or third offensive lineman that they're playing against still look good. He made he was impactful with Kansas City, so it's not like this guy doesn't know what the hell he's doing. You know, it's a little bit right. more experience that we need. Um, right? Yeah, defensively on line for secondary and third. Um, uh, levels. So if we can get that uh, that depth chart, you know, deep with these players that are relatively healthy, obviously Bush looked good out there as well. Um, Jalen Johnson 
didn't look terrible either. Um, yeah, so number one corner. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, and that's, that's a testament to how well the corners played that, you know, uh, double T had to really utilize the tight ends and, you know, look for the slot underneath. Um, you didn't hear Johnson's name called a lot because it really wasn't a lot. The receivers didn't really make a lot of, um, you know, make a lot of noise for the dolphins. Right. Yeah. So do you think, so. do you think, well, first off we got Goodwin, right? That I don't know if he played or not offensively, but do you think Riley Ridley is going to have a bigger impact, especially with Justin Fields in the game, if and when he gets into the game? Because he didn't look terrible out there. Ridley yeah. looked okay, you know what I mean? But the Yeah, qu- no, no. I mean, and he needs to, right? I mean, he's a young, he's, he's, he's trying to make it with this team. Um, they need good, they need, one of the things you and I have complained about over the course of this podcast during bear season last year was separation, right? The ability, yeah. the inability for the defense and, or the offense rather, the, the receivers to create separation. And, um, you know, even Robinson wasn't that great at it, but you could throw it at him and he'll catch it anyway. Cause he's, you know, strong and, and, you know, he's got great awareness and great hands that usually he saves your butt, right? How many times did he save, save us last year with third down catches and everything else? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think Ridley, you know, has this, um, you know, he's playing with a chip on his shoulder, right? I mean, he's yeah. he's got his brother who's playing fantastic, you know, obviously in Atlanta in, in, yeah. in the NFL, right? Yep. And um, Calvin Ridley. now, yep. yeah, and and so he's got somebody that he's obviously looking up to and wants to play well. So I think that's gonna, you know bode well for Chicago. Uh, Rodney Adams is another name to watch. And and because uh-huh. you look at the the wide receiver depth on this team, and there's somebody who probably should be a little nervous right now, and that's Javon Wimps. I mean, I can oh, see, absolutely. you know, if he didn't get nervous after yesterday's game, then I don't know what, what he's thinking because he is more than likely, his days are numbered in Chicago. But I think you're right. I mean, Ridley... Uh, Rodney at uh, Rodney Adams, I think play, had a great game, including that great 25 yard catch um, uh, for fields Yeah, uh, to help, you know, to this, make it this, so hey, helping fields overcome that shaky start. You yeah, know? absolutely. Rodney Adams, second year pro from South Florida, you know, led the bears in receiving with four catches for 57 yards. Hot, hot highlighted by that. What you just said, that spectacular 25 yard reception. Yeah. Yeah. So that is absolutely something that, is we need to keep a better eye on obviously moving forward in the next two uh, preseason games. Yeah, uh, if I if there were three, so to me there were three things. If there were three things that I was excited about, and three things I was worried about. Obviously excited about Justin Fields. I mean, obviously number one that every Bear fan should be excited about that, right? Um, I think the second thing is I'm excited about that front seven. I think we really have a good rotation that'll help these guys keep you know keep fresh and be able to get after the quarterback, which yeah. is what we're going to need. Um. And and then the third thing being, you know, uh, the running game. I think the running game, I think we've, we've got the opportunity as long as these guys can stay, he- stay healthy and they can make it easier on Dalton and Fields. Things I'm a little concerned about that they need to hold on to the football. I think we had four or five fumbles yesterday. Granted, we didn't lose any. Yeah. But, you know, we've got to we got to make sure we're holding on to the football. It's the last thing we need to do is be turning the ball over. Um our cornerbacks, you know, or the you know the defensive backfield. That's where that the front seven is going to be so important because I think we've got some, you know, obviously Eddie Jackson. I'm not even sure Eddie Jackson played. I don't think I saw him. No, he did not. He was on the yeah, coast. He so just I got know we off yeah. COVID. So I know we don't have everybody in there, but you know, just a little, you know, Miami was able to really kind of open up the middle of that field. A little concerning there. 
Um, and then, you know, lastly, the special teams, right? I think we've got some work there. Granted, Miami is got a very good special teams, um, but uh, you know, we've got to, we've got to get a little bit better in coverage there. A little nervous on some of the returns that they had. So we'll see how that goes over the next couple of preseason games. But that's like my three things I'm excited about. Three things, not so much. And what from me? What did you think of uh, Marky Christian, the safety? Um, you know, I, he generated one of the two Bears takeaways. Yeah, you know what? He was around the football. That's yeah. that's the one. Yeah, I got to give him that. I mean, he was definitely around the football, and that's really what you want. I mean, you want if you can clone Roquan Smith's ability to right. be around the football and and have he's got. I don't know. I don't. I don't play Madden anymore, but I'm assuming his awareness has to be a 99, right? I mean, he always knows where the football is. That's what you need. You need these guys to really, you know, get after the football, be ball hawks. They have that, you know, obviously we struggled getting turnovers over the last several years. Now they have that blue turnover bucket. You know, you get to fill up the bucket with your turnover football. Yeah, right. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know if they get a prize at the end of the year or whatever it is, but whatever you need to do, I mean, I know there's teams out there that used to have like the the turnover trophy and you know, big big key you get to wear around your neck and there's different teams that have all kinds of different ways to get guys to to uh get after the football we need that right i mean that's we got to create turnovers we got to put the bears offense in a great position um field position game you know play that yeah so whatever they need to do or whatever games they want to play or tricks or prizes they want to award do it Whatever it takes to get these guys to get after their football and 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 uh, turn it over. And I'm all for it, man. And before we move on to MLB or NHL, depending on which next segment, we do have to do a little. There is one smack that needs to come from the Chicago Bears. Oh yeah, and I would say absolutely. <laughs> it's our third string quarterback. We have to find a way to get to cut him loose. He, I, you know what? It's preseason, and he was booed first first play. First play, <laughs> he threw the ball to Justin Fields actually on the sideline. It was pretty awesome. Um, yeah. the The problem I have with it, Nick Foles, and and maybe you can say, okay, great, you know, um, Nick Foles can be another mentor for Fields. How many? I, I don't think you need two quarterbacks barking in his ear. Um, at the end of the day, when we're looking at Nick Foles playing, he was playing with third string players offensively and defensively, and he looked confused again, right? Like poor decision-making, some pretty bad throws. Um, really, honestly, I guess, so you don't injure Justin, Justin Fields for being out there too long would be the only reason why we're even having him in this, you know, in this game. Um, yeah. and, and it doesn't bode well. And I wonder, I hate to say this, but I wonder if he's not really playing that great. Cause he really doesn't want to be traded. You know, there are teams that have some injuries, significant injuries in quarterback that can utilize a veteran quarterback, but man, he didn't look like one even against It'll, the crappy players. Yeah. I mean, I, right now that's, I, I would be surprised if he's on the fifty-three man roster when the season is, when the season starts. Um, I think there there probably will be enough um, or enough injuries in the NFL. Granted, we're only playing three preseason games, but somebody might come a calling um, to find to for to maybe get him for whatever a seventh round draft pick or a you know 
or just take boxy money. used footballs. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I, they're not going to cut them. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to cut them because the money is going to be too much. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, ultimately, he yeah, he's not in there. He's not competing for anything other than a, a potential backup job somewhere else. Um, so that know, but, for that reason, Nick Foles, you are on our smack wagon of the week. Well, thanks for letting me off the hook, by the way, though, because Steve said I deserved the smack wagon this week for how horrible I played at golf. Yeah. We, well, I mean, we, I played so bad, I'm ready to walk away from the game. That's how shitty it, it, it's been for me. And it started ever since I went and played that the MGA, man. Well, ever since I stunk they, up the MGA. They brought you back. They brought you back down to your to your normal yeah. play, I guess. To my shittiness. So. So you guys know out there that obviously in the last two weeks there's been we're going to jump right into MLB, but there has been a lot of things happening, and we want to touch base on a few things for the Chicago teams. Uh, maybe we'll mention one or two things for the Dallas uh, MLB, but really more Chicago because it's pretty it's pretty been it's it's been pretty interesting. So if we have the breaking news, which is old breaking news. The Chicago Cubs have gotten rid of every single decent player. For did they get draft picks? Did they get anything good? I don't know, but I will tell you this for the first time, the Cubs players actually, once they've been disbanded, have been able to provide support, home runs for the teams that they're playing for now as opposed to playing for with the Cubs. But why don't you elaborate just a little bit more there, T-Dog, on, on your thoughts. Now, we can go back, and I wish I would have pulled the clip because I really wanted to. We talked about, or especially you have talked about, the importance of possibly keeping a Bryant, um, maybe a Rizzo, but you have to get rid of two. Like two is going to have to go, uh, depending mm-hmm. on where they're at You know, by all-star break. And and what you know, holding on to him any longer? What are you going to get back? That kind of thing. But when when that uh, trade deadline came up, I mean, Chicago was Cubs was an absolute fire sale. Just sold it all. Yeah. And did they get anything of value? So let's. Why don't you explain who they got rid of, and what's your predictions for next season? Well, and that's. You know, obviously, it's been a couple of weeks, right? So I think all of our couch potato listeners know who they got rid of, the big dogs, right? I mean, we've talked about, when you and I were having conversations in previous podcasts, we talked about Javier Baez and Chris Bryan and Anthony Rizzo and, you know, who was going to be gone. I mean, Wilson Contreras' name was getting thrown out of there. Um, Zach Davies, uh, Trevor Williams, obviously Craig Kimbrell. Cubs and Sox made some trades, right? Uh, Sox took a couple of relievers off them, including Kimbrell. So... Mm-hmm. You, right now, you know, when you look back at it, I mean, these guys, you know, Hoyer had some pretty important decisions to make. The question is, and and this is kind of what he's done, is he sort of said, look, guys, the team you see on the field right now, which, by the way, is awful, right? I mean, there's, they're, they've lost 10 in a row. I think they're 2-12 and 12 or 2-14 and 14 or something since, since trading away. Since tra- yeah, since trading everybody away. So they literally, that's how much those guys meant to this team, right? I mean, they went from a 500 team to a, you know, a 200 team, right? So 
big losses, no question about it. And the mat, the question now is how do we move forward? What did we get in return? And I think that, um, you know, ultimately most people realize mid season trades, especially for players who are rental, right? Yep. They, they got their free agents after the year. It's not like you're going to break the bank on another team, right? You're not going to, you're not going to get top prospects back. Now you will, if you know, the guy you're trading has two or three years of control, you know, still has a couple years of arbitration left, then they're willing to part with somebody that's got some years of control as well. Right. And, and is a higher prospect. Um, but when you look at what the Cubs got, I think ultimately if it, take away the major league players, right? Nick Madrigal, I think that we got from the White Sox. He's, I, I like him. I think he's a, he's a, he's a contact hitter. Yeah. Right. So one thing the Cubs have lacked for years is somebody who gets on base. Nico Horner kind of fills those shoes a little bit. You may see an infield next year of Madrigal at second and Nico Horner at third. I don't think Madrigal is coming back this year. Um, so you may see those two up the middle. They're your top of the uh, the order guys, right? They're going to get on base for whoever you can put in the middle. Um, and then it's a question of, okay, what are the pieces they're going to build around it? Because Hoyer said, you know, we are, this is a, what do you call it? A retool, not a rebuild, right? So I think Madrigal fits that that sort of philosophy, right? He brings you a major league player at second base. Cubs need somebody there, and they need a non-base guy. If he can stay healthy and get healthy, I I think that was a great trade, right? But now what about the young guys? You know, and I think we even... I don't know if we did we ha- did we talk about the trades on a previous podcast because I remember talking about some of these guys just are just coming off surgery. <laughs> One yeah. guy had like two surgeries. No, we didn't. Right? We hadn't had that conversation. Okay. We just know that. Well, I mean, Madrigal is come is is injured. Obviously, he's injured. He's out. Yep. 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 But so, I mean, they did get they did get some young players. If if you know to look at who we should be somewhat excited about. Um, I think the guy they got from the Mets for um, oh yeah, like bias. he was top um, what top ten or something. Yeah, Pete Crow. Pete Crow Armstrong is actually his name. He's had some. He's he had surgery recently, right? He he can. He's a powerful. He's a great defender in center field, right? It's somebody they're looking for in the outfield. Is a really good defender. He's a couple years away. Right, but I think he had a torn labrum, I believe, or something in his. Now, granted, it was his other shoulder; it wasn't actually his throwing shoulder, which, for the most part, you know, is it, that's good news. However, it still affects his swing, right? And you wonder, you know, how well, um, you know, he's going to be able to swing the bat. Ron, this is a this, this is this Peter Crow Armstrong, whatever his name is, contact guy, another contact guy, and that's what got me. Like, I was happy with that. Yeah, I think he only had like one strikeout in forty something at bats before he got injured. Is he a positional player? He's an outfielder. Yeah, outfielder. he's an outfielder. He's gonna he's gonna add depth to the outfield. He's gonna give you um, same with the other guy um, uh, they got from the Yankees, Alcantara, that they got for uh, Rizzo. Yeah, they traded Rizzo to the Yankees. Uh, I believe he was a um, international free agent. He didn't he didn't get drafted tall lanky kid he's like six six weighs like you know 50 pounds i mean he is but he's an impressive hitter again contact um you know he's got great bat speed excited about him i think they did really well with madrigal and these two outfielders once you start getting beyond that you know i mean viscaino who is the uh, the other guy they got um you know yeah. the from the yankees i think he yeah. was i think he was in the top 10 for a while with them 
He's um, number eight on your your depth chart. Yeah. Well, that, well, we didn't have a very good depth. That's why he's ranked yeah. up there. But I think he slipped out of the top ten for the Yankees because he can't. He's 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 a good pitcher, but he can't control the ball right now. So he's throwing it all over the place. So he's got to work on his control. And he's um, older. He's twenty four too. Yeah, yeah. So is Caleb Killian, uh, the guy out of Texas Tech that we got um, uh, from the Giants for uh, uh, Bryant. You know, he's the one thing about Killian I like is yep. this guy does have control. He's got he's got incredible control. I think he only walked eleven um, in like a hundred plus innings as a pro. Um, he's a big guy, six four. You know, he's I think he's starting at double A is where he's going to end up being. I mean, some of these guys you're not going to see right off the bat. Obviously, we see we would have seen Madrigal if he was healthy. Um, yeah. The other guy, Hoyer or Howard that we got um, from um, uh, from the White Sox, he's up in there and playing. Um, but overall, you look at what the Cubs got in return. There's a, you know, Dykeman hasn't been a great start with Chicago. Uh, he's the outfielder. He's a right fielder that's playing for them right now. Um, but they do have some. Uh, what about Brennan Davis? Is he somebody on the radar at all for you guys? He's a yeah. He's a good outfielder. He's definitely he was one of our higher ranked outfielders. But again, we had a relatively weak minor league system. Yeah. So not anything that you know. I mean, you've you got. Say, I'm looking right now. Your top thirty. You have two people in AAA. And yeah. And obviously, Justin Steele is up playing for the Cubs right now. Now he's playing for the Cubs. Yeah. 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 So, so I mean, and your two AAA players are Corey Abbott and right-handed pitcher and Greg Dealman, or Dykeman. Dykeman, yeah, Dykeman. He's he actually has been called up by the Cubs. He was part of the Andrew Chafin trade. Okay, um, you know, and and he truly probably should be a AAA. I think he was. I think that's where he began. He's 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 got raw power. He's he's he can be a big league contributor, but I don't see him necessarily being an everyday right fielder for Chicago. Um, you know, he, he most certainly will probably be in the mix next season. Um, but I mean, not a bad return for what we got. So Again, did it, I mean, did it surprise you though? Did it surprise you that the Cubs traded away everybody? I mean, what was your you know, thought on that? No, I, it didn't. I, I mean, I guess kind of it did. It did surprise me to the tune. I'm like, okay, not so much. What did they quote unquote get back? But what's your plan? I mean, what were you? What are you going to do at first base? Yeah. You know, if you're not going to be necessarily contending for the top free agents next year, which by the way, the three guys you just traded are going to be yeah. right there. You know, the Baez is going to be one of the top shortstops. Brian's going to be one of the top third basemen, and Rizzo one of the top first basemen. Right. So, yeah. if you're not going to, you're not necessarily, you're not going to be bringing these guys back. And for them to kind of bite the bullet and just shut the door on 2016 and say goodbye, guys, you know, uh, it's it's it was a little bit surprising. Um, did they get some quality back? Yes, I mean, I think, like I said, Madrigal excited about him, sure. Um, but they traded away a ton of talent, right? I mean, Baez, Bryant, Rizzo, for for as inconsistent as they as they've been over the yeah. last three seasons, they're still top of their game. And Kimbrel, I mean, who was having a great game, I mean, great. And Kimbrel, who Kimbrel, who finally bounced back into what he was, plus some, you know, second tier guys like Tapera, who we gave to the to the White Sox, and Chafin, who I mentioned, and uh, Mariznick uh, got traded. Jock Peterson, he got traded like two weeks before the deadline, right over. Yeah. I think he went to Atlanta. We got the first baseman for him. Correct, and, um, the, and then they traded him, I think, to the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. So, so they're, they're always mean, on the move. Yeah, yeah. So you know the White Sox improved their bullpen by taking taking away from the Cubs, but um, you know I remember seeing some um, 
some articles on this and, you know, winners and losers, right? They always have those things that come out for winners and losers of the draft. I mean, of, of the trade. And um, the one thing they had was losers was uh, Cub fans. <laughs> Cub <laughs> fans are really not losers in the way that you would say you're a loser. They're losers because they, they literally, their 2016 glory is now officially gone, right? I mean, yeah. And, and there's not a and, single, is there a single player from that 16 on the team? Sure. Sure. I mean, Ken, Kendricks is still there. Wilson Contreras is still there. Got but, it. But, or Hendricks, not Kendricks. But, in, but as a final kick to the nuts, John Lester gets traded to the freaking Cardinals. Seriously? I mean, so not only do you see all your players gone, but then Lester in a Cardinal uniform, as a Cub fan, makes you want to throw up. So I'm not surprised by it, Ron, but I guess ultimately, you know, when with Hoyer, with um, Jed Hoyer saying that this is a retool and not a rebuild. So what does that mean? It makes me wonder what does that mean? Yeah. That means you're not completely ripping it down and starting over, right? Which they did in the late two, two thousand or the early 2000s. No, I get that. But what what does that mean? That means that you're going to, you're going to go for off season acquisitions, you know, winter, the winter, um, what do they call it? The winter games or meetings. Yeah. Winter meetings. I mean, are they going to try to wheel and deal? It was, is there some kind of, you know, we've heard a rumor that Baez is like, hey, if the Cubs want to re-sign me, I'll, I'll come back and play for the Cubs. I mean, it's not like they yeah. all left on, you know, they were all, you know, they, they don't hate the city, right? right. They, they love the city. I mean, we saw a video of Chris Bryant hugging one of his teammates, you know, getting a little teary-eyed, a little snot running down the nose. We saw that. So right. it's not like that they don't appreciate playing for that team. The question is, though... Once you let go, once you let those kids go, I mean, are you really going to bring them back? Because if that's the case, why didn't you just sign them and then trade them for better prospects? Like, why couldn't you do sign and trades? You know what I mean? Uh, because so that that's way you get really, control, it, and that way you yeah. No, it they could have. And who's to say baseball. that they didn't? Who's to say that they didn't um, reach out to teams for prospects? Say what? If I'm able to get him long term, two, three, four years, whatever, what more can you add to add to the pile? And obviously, for baseball, it didn't work out that way. But it's yeah, as it you said, three, yeah. three, 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 three players, three top prospects, and they're all from the Cubs. Yeah, I mean, does, I mean, they, does the they Cubs really want to get do that in in baseball, right? I mean, essentially, what it comes down to is you're you're looking to win now. Um, if you can get and and because it's it's relatively rare for a team to trade a player that's in his prime that still has some controllable years yeah. like through arbitration and that it's not unheard of but it's typically rare. What you're looking at is you're looking at a team that's going to have a rental. So you got a guy for the last two months and pr- presumably the playoffs if you make the playoffs. So you're not going to give away necessarily top talent for that. Um, they don't. It, it you know teams aren't it's not this teams that were trading for Chris Bryant Baez, and Rizzo were like, well, we, we were going to, we're going to sign these guys in the off season. So, you know, they didn't trade for him and go, Hey, here's an offer to play for us for another six years. Um, more than likely these guys are going to hit free agency. And that's typically how it works in baseball. So yeah. what you ask the question, what does that mean when you say retool? That's, that is it. That's the, that is the question. Who knows what they're going to do? You know, does that mean you're going to be players? Are you going to say, hey, Chris Bryant, even though you turned down presumably $200 million, Javi Baez, you turned down presumably $200 million. We don't even know what the market's going to look like. Yeah. Right? We have no idea 
what that's going to look like going into next, going into the off season. And, you know, are these guys going to be struggling to find work is, um, what's his name? Uh, Rizzo going to find something better than the five year, 75 million. The Cubs supposedly offered him. Yeah. Right. Cause if he doesn't, then isn't that a loss in his part? I mean, if oh, he, yeah. you know what I mean? I mean, so I think it's unless just these guys are, unless there's a way just to get out of Chicago, you're willing to give up money too. I mean, unless there was some, maybe they but weren't that, big fans weren't. of Hoyer. I mean, no, it's it. It was more or less. It's posturing. It's trying to get the best deal for your. You know, the rage. Your agents are like, look, don't take this deal. You know, look what look what um, Goldschmidt signed for. You know, that's what was in Rizzo's ear. Um, and Baez's ear, they're like, look what Lindor signed for in New York. You know, is some team going to come and give $300 million to Javi Baez? You would think they wouldn't, but who the <laughs> hell knows? I mean, some of these teams out there, they get crazy, they get desperate, you get owners that have tons of money and say, screw it. Um, so I don't know. So I don't, again, I don't know what that retool means. If that means he's going to be in the market for some of these, you know, the one thing I hope we don't do is overspend on, on, you know, aging players next year. Yeah. We had, you know, Chris Bryant's not one of them. I think he's 30. I think he's making me 31 next year. Does that mean going after like a Kevin Gaussman to, uh, for, in your rotation, um, signing him as a free agent? Does that mean going after a guy like Nick Castellanos, who mm-hmm. the bear or bears, the Cubs know pretty well in the outfield, um, Trevor story, Corey yeah. Seager. I think Seager is going to be a free agent. Uh, I'm not sure. I think he's going to be a free agent. Um, now that the, the Dodgers have uh, Trey Turner, um. Yeah. You know, will these guys? Is that does that mean the Bears or the Cubs are? I keep saying freaking Bears. I'm Bears. Yeah, that's okay. I get it. So, I understand that the Cubs have a lot to do. You know, they there's a lot of off season stuff. But let's talk about you know teams that are actually winning. Let's talk about the White Sox. There you uh, go. Uh, right now, you know, there is a Chicago team out there that ha- is leading their division. And the White Sox right now currently have lost a game against the Yankees and are currently losing uh, another game against the... I, I don't know if it was a doubleheader today or not, but Tapera is in and they're right now losing three to nothing, two men on, two outs. Uh, White Sox have the opportunity to really make you know that dent for the remainder of the year and go pretty far in the offseason. I mean, in the, in the postseason. Postseason, yeah. So... You know, is there anything that they need to do to, to, to really solidify this year as 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 being a winning year? Obviously, I would say getting past first round would be important. Um, right now, with their with the team that's in place, they still have to add. There's a couple players that are starting to trickle back in. Um, Lewis Roberts is another one that will hopefully eventually get off the IR and get back into, you know, rehab and, and, and get back onto the team. Um, that kid, God, I keep, I keep, uh, forgetting his name, but that kid came from the Cubs, El Eroy. Oh, Eloy Jimenez. Yeah. You know, he's, he's come back and, you know, I think it was his hamstring or something that, He's kind of hurt or or uh, he's injured or slightly injured. But, you know, Brian Goodwin's been playing amazing. Uh, Jake Lamb's come up. Um, there, there's been some – Abreu is just playing off the top of his head. Tim Anderson. Uh, we picked up Cesar Hernandez from uh, the Cleveland – well, whatever their team – that team is up in Cleveland. Um, obviously – The Guardians. 
Yo Yoan Mancada has been playing well. Of course, our catchers Collins and Zavala. Zavala had a home run uh, that was pretty impressive uh, a couple days ago for uh, some RBIs. But then you, you, I think that the biggest issue for the White Sox was their middle middle roster. Um, Kimbrel is a great addition, obviously, to the White Sox. Um, and uh, Tapera is it will help us, but you still have you know you still have some pretty amazing pitchers going on for the White Sox. You got Dylan Chase who's having a great year, Gelato's having a great year, Hendricks is having a great year, Kuchel's having a great. I mean, all these guys, Kopech. Um, Lynn, Lance Lynn, let's not forget about that cat. All those guys are solid pitchers. So the question is, do they have enough in reserves to make it to the next level? And that I think they do. Yeah, I mean, I think they do. They they match up well with with in the American League, um, with just about every team. You mentioned all the pitch. I mean, they're pitching right now. You've got Carlos Rodon and Lance Lynn at the top of the rotation. Yeah, they're pitching well. Yeah. Yeah, Keuchel's struggling a bit. Giolito is 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 there, um, not as well as he was playing early on in the season. Struggling a bit, but still a very formidable starting. I mean, the rotation is solid. Like you mentioned, the back end they got strength with with the way with how well Tapera has been playing. And you got Kimbrel; he's he struggled a bit with the White Sox, but Hendricks is still your guy. I mean, yeah. he's still striking out almost fifteen per nine, and um, you know, so he is still one of the top uh, closers. So you've got a legitimate pitching staff, and the offense is doing just enough. I mean, look at what they did in the in the field of dreams. Timmy Anderson with the game winning, oh, yeah. I think two run homer. Surprised you didn't mention that. That was that has to be really exciting if you're a White Sox fan. Oh, absolutely. I was um, going to get to that actually because the yeah, field of yeah. dreams was a unique situation. You know, I've been hearing a lot of rumor out there that hey, you know, where will be the next place that they should do. A, like a re- recreation of a of a re- you know f- a baseball field. A lot of people are saying Sandlot, the movie. Yeah. If you're gonna go yeah. like the movie and stuff, um, but the Field of Dreams was just something. There was something special about it. Obviously, right. it hit a lot of hearts in the United States. Uh, the it was the most watched game for MLB in 16 years. It was the most downloaded for Major League Baseball ever. So. The game was I actually I I have it on my uh, my I've I've recorded it myself. So the game and the game was amazing. Now, granted, the White Sox were up I think like seven to one. Yeah, they <laughs> they struggled let's, a bit. But. Let's let's make that very clear. They were winning seven right. to one, but they ended up losing or they ended up winning nine eight with a walk off home run by good old Timmy Anderson. Who mm-hmm. remember we said is Larusa and Timmy Anderson gonna get. You know, are they going to clash with very young player? Something about Larusa. He must have. He must be the 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 like the horse speaker. You know, like the the dog whisperer. Whisperer. He must be the whisperer for baseball players. And I don't know if it's his. You know his. We we obviously understand there are some parts of his game that's still old school, right? But maybe he's one that doesn't have to have a a huge conversation with these players. Maybe he just knows how to pick the ones that are having their issues and, and get them turned for the better. But, you know, we had heard rumors that, you know, Timmy answers, you know, he's going to do his bat flips and he doesn't care what, you know, LaRusso is going <laughs> to say about it, you know, cause that's who he is. 
Um, I haven't heard one thing, really. I haven't yeah. heard anything about coming from La Russa. Um, no, that's probably a good thing other than a couple of hiccups and a couple, couple burps. Yeah, I mean, the worst thing that we heard was, you know, him telling that kid, that Mercedes kid, don't swing at that pitch. Yeah. And from that point, that he has kind of faltered and obviously is – I'm not even sure if he's 100% back in baseball. But La Russa has Abreu among White Sox greats. So he, he Abreu yeah. is and he's and he's hitting the ball out of the park, 24 home runs. You know who I think actually is is – Somebody that you as a White Sox fan should be excited about. Like, you're going to be talking about this kid for years to come, and that's Andrew Vaughn. Yeah. I mean, he's young. He's only 23 or 24. He's got tremendous bat speed. He's got power. He smacked the home run in that when they beat the shit out of the Cubs last week, right? So that kid is going to be good. And he could be, depending on what happens with Abreu, um, you know, could be your future first baseman. I think, I think Andrew Vaughn's really going to be a key to this team uh, in the future, but. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, as far as you saying, you know, are these guys, I, they're definitely, they match up well, right, with the teams that are going to be in the playoffs. You know, can they get past, can they, you know, quelch a, a Houston Astros offense that has been yeah. just phenomenal, right? Um, can they hang in there with the Tampa, Ray, the Tampa Bay Rays? Um, you know, they, they're, they're going to win the division. There's no, I mean, it would be a tremendous they're, collapse. Yeah, there are 11 games in front. Yeah. It's, it would be just an unbelievable collapse if they didn't. So you got to figure they're going to win that division. Now they're going to be fighting for the best record in baseball, which is, which is potentially there, right? I mean, it's not like anybody's running away with this. So Tampa, Houston, you know, they can, they can hang in there with them. Yeah. Um, and they made some good moves to kind of, like you said, help with that back into the bullpen. So yes, I think they can be competitive. I think they're going to make some noise in the postseason. Could it be 2005 all over again? Quite possibly. I mean, the the, the same formula seems to be there. An incredible yeah. starting rotation, right? Yep. He had good defense up the middle. We'll see. Yeah, no, we're we're looking forward to uh, the White Sox going all the way, baby. That's what we're hoping yeah. for. But right now, one game at a time, and they are losing to the Yankees. But that's okay. Uh, they had their, their field of dreams moment, which they – I mean, you couldn't – dude, you couldn't – you couldn't plan it any other way, any better way nope. than a than a deep shot to the cornfields with the fireworks going off. I mean, it is like insane. It was just like out of a movie, out of a movie, it's like a script. But you had mentioned uh, you had mentioned Houston down there. I was looking at their numbers for the for the season, and I, I believe they have the best record in baseball right now. Right, seventy and forty six. Oh no, Tampa Bay seventy one and forty six. Yeah, so they're they're right up there. Houston's won four four in a row. They're leading their division though only by two and a half games. So that's still a pretty tight game. And surprisingly, uh, even though Seattle's about eight games out and they're they've won the last four games, they're still close. Um, I think anything eight and under, you're probably pretty close. Two and a half, obviously, really good. And then Tampa, Boston, and New York are about six and a half, four and six and a half, respectively, behind Tampa Bay. Um, there's a possibility. I mean, I don't know how many games are left in the in the in the year. You got about a month and a half, so I would venture to guess you probably have about forty to forty five games left somewhere in there. So th- you could make that move if the if the right team gets hot, you can make that move and leapfrog. I I agree with you. I don't think Detroit or Cleveland or Anybody no. in that division is going to make that move. I think Oakland could make that move. Um, Boston or New York possibly can make that move as well. Um, with the National League, though, you've got Atlanta and Philly tied. 
uh, in first at 61 and 56, which isn't a, you know, it, it, that NL least East division, mm-hmm. football or baseball, not too great. Um, of course, Milwaukee is eight games up in the Central, which is, I don't know. Do we're, I don't think we were expecting Milwaukee to be eight, eight games up in the Central at this time of year. I think we. We were leaning more towards St. Louis, especially with them getting Nolan, what, Nolan Ariana or Arenado. Arenado. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we – maybe Milwaukee is second. I, I don't know if we would have had them at first. And then, hey, Bryant's got to be pretty happy. They're four games up. San Francisco, 75. Excuse me, 75. They're, they have the best record in baseball. They have the best record in baseball, yeah. 75 and 42. Chris Bryant's got to be astounded to be on another possibly uh, championship team that can make a deep run into the playoffs. Yeah. Well, don't I mean, Milwaukee, there's one reason and one reason only that team is in the position they're in, and it's their starting pitching. Those guys are playing out of their minds. Yeah. Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, um, Who's the other guy? Uh, Hauser, I think, is his name. Doogie. Uh, who's not not Doogie Hauser? Different kind oh, of Hauser. Oh, got it. But Woodruff, Burns, and Peralta. I mean, these guys. Shit, Woodruff struck out what? I mean, granted, it was fifteen AAA Cubs, but fifteen <laughs> Cubs the other day in eight innings. I mean, that's that is what's going to. You wonder if Milwaukee's got going to be able to keep that going down the stretch or not. But that's what's keeping them on top of the National League Central. So I don't think anybody predicted that that pitching staff was going to be so dominating, right? And then you get to, you know, if you can, if you have starting pitching like that and then you can get to a guy like Josh Hader, yeah. who's just a phenomenal closer, um, which I, I'm not sure if he, no, he is active. I wasn't sure if he was injured or not. But, no, he's active. You know, yeah. he's, a, he's, a, he's a great, great reliever. So, yeah. He looks like a douche with that long hair, but nonetheless. <laughs> I, think so you're you just jeal- I think you're just jealous. Oh, yeah. Monsterly jealous. But Houston, I guess I wouldn't have expected Houston, but uh, to be back, in, you know, in there, especially with all the the controversy that they've had over the last couple of years. But they're a team that's uh, proven proven the doubters, man. Oh, there's a lot. There's regard controversy or not. There's a ton of talent on that team, man. There's no question. So I, I, I've, I fully expected Houston to be competitive this year, and you know they've got they've got a lot of top players. Um, you know, they're stacked like the Dodgers, not quite as stacked as the Dodgers are, but that's a pretty good baseball team. There's well, no question. I can tell you this. We've got, um, I'm going to round, we're going to finish up this podcast with a quick little, uh, NHL. And I want your opinion on it there, T-Dog. Okay. So the Golden Knights obviously end up trading, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury to the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, you're a Blackhawk fan. Mm-hmm. What what do you think about that? Well, we we talked about that a little bit. Is he going to? Didn't he say that? You know, I, I know that he had mentioned if I got traded, but didn't he say he was going to retire? Yeah. So initially, he still had one year left on his contract. Um, so right. he had, and he had a ten team no trade clause. So there was ten teams he was not going to go to, and then uh, we pulled the trigger with Chicago. And he had said, uh, well, I don't know if it was him or his agent because his agent tends to do weird things um, Mm -hmm. that had said that, oh, you know, uh, the flower, he's not going to he's going to retire if he has to go to another 
franchise. He's, not, he's what, 35, 36? 36. He's up there. Yeah, he's up there, but he is the he is the leading goalie from last year. So you yeah. you and literally we got, you know, the Golden Knights got nobody on it. And there was two top goalies actually. The Vesna winner and second uh was um that that kid out of um I think it was uh Gruber who went to I think Vancouver. He was Denver's goalie and then Vegas's goalie. Both of them were traded away for nothing. And you had your number one, number two, uh, Vesna trophy winner and uh, second up. And I think, honestly, to be honest with you, talking hockey, um, Chicago Blackhawks need, needs a goalie. They needed a goalie. Yeah. And that's so, and that's when I look at it and I say, all right, you know, you, who are you getting with him, right? Where he's saying, like, you know, he may he may retire and that kind of thing. But I think he's sort of changed his tune, right? And he's 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 excited about it. I guess Stan Bowman was really supportive of, of what Fleury wanted to do and what was best for his family and things like that. I mean, it's not like he had anything against Chicago, right? It's not like he had anything against the organization. Correct. It was just, what am I going to do personally for my family and things like that? And I think with – I think – I'm excited about it. I mean, obviously, he gives us a good um, pairing with Kevin Lankinen, um, who was who was not terrible last year. No, I mean, you know, he did give up three over three goals per game, but he was he, you know, he still had a winning record. I mean, he was I think he won 17 games in out of the 28, 29, 30, he, or whatever. He was a he, he was a rookie too. So yeah, he's a rookie. He's young. He's going to get better. Now you've got a a a um, you know, it's kind of like the whole Fields Dalton thing. You kind of have a a uh, a veteran that can come in there and kind of work with Lankinen and you know maybe get him ready to kind of take over the mantle full time next year or whatever the case may be. So, um, you know, Flurry sort of changed his tune. He's excited about coming in and playing with Taze, who should be back uh, after missing last season with I'm assuming COVID. I no, it it, no, it was um, it was a something with his immune system. Correct, or wasn't it? Yeah. It was an inflammatory well, response. Was made him tired all the time. It sounds like COVID, but whatever. And then, and then Patrick Kane, you know, so he's excited about playing with these guys. There is, you know, no question we needed some goaltending and, and getting him in there, some veteran leadership, hopefully at his age 36, final year of his contract. You know, hopefully he's going to be the difference maker. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I am too. I mean, I think, um, I think Chicago, like I say, Chicago needed that, um, needed that, that goalie to solidify, the team that they are going to be putting on the ice. You got Kane, like you said, Taves comes back to brink it. You pick up Tyler Johnson from a trade. Um, you got Kubalik, you got Conley, you got Strom, you got Hagel, you got Carpenter still uh, that you re-signed for a one-year deal. Uh, you got Bro- Bronstrom. We got um, Papa Giorgio. You got Gradet. You got Kah- Kahari, who who was signed, uh, 27-year-old kid. Um I think that'll be a good one. Kirby Dash. We're still talking about your rookie from last year. Um, and you still have Alexander uh, Nylander. So those, all those guys are going to come in with a goal t- and have the, and have the strength and have the strength and knowing that, okay, if our defense isn't up to par, which might I add is now Seth Jones was signed to the Blackhawks. You got McCabe, Dahan Stillman, who's another uh, 
and you signed this Col- uh, Wyatt, uh, Wyatt Kalanuk, and and the rookie, or you traded for and received the uh, Caleb Jones or Caleb Jones with Seth Jones. So you got this the Jones <laughs> brothers, baby. You just say Kaleeb <laughs> for Caleb. It's time. To, it's time to turn off, dude. Dude, when you can't pronounce the name Caleb, but you guys, Christ. I know, right? And you still have Andrew Shaw on the IR, but I don't think it he's going like, to be a part of the team. Who at did all. I? Who did I? Who did I mispronounce at the beginning of the season that had Steve Ezekiel. all over me? Ezekiel. 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 <laughs> well, nevertheless, I, I just feel like that's a big enough trade in the NHL that the the Chicago Blackhawks needed to do to get past to get past uh, their division, and I believe they can. So. That being said, straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. Really? Mm-hmm. You cray cray. I'm out of beer, so that must. I'm out of beer, so that must mean our podcast is over because my beer is empty. Oh, it's over, my friend, and you are out of beer. We we gotta have that. So you've been listening to Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Visit our website at mondaymorningcouchpotatoes.com. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at MM Couch Potatoes. Listening to this podcast doesn't make you any smarter than you already are. The Monday Morning Couch Potato Podcast is for general information purposes only. Hey, Potato Heads, thanks for listening, and we're back, baby. I just wanted to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you.